The Anchored City podcast is recorded in Anchorage, Alaska, on the traditional lands of the Denina Athabascan people. I have heard the oldest stories that the wisest man never told. And I cast aside my worries And just went digging for gold And I will scale the highest mountains Looking for the bluest blue But of all the roads I'll ever walk I just, I can't have Welcome to Season 4 of the Anchored City Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Kickenfeld. On September 12, 1962, President Kennedy gave a speech at Rice University in which he outlined an ambitious plan to land a man on the moon and return him safely to Earth by the end of the decade. In that speech, he declared, We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do other things, not because they're easy, but because they are hard. As a nation listened in, The thought for many was not that going to the moon was hard, but rather impossible. The fact was that when President Kennedy delivered that address in the fall of 1962, according to journalist Charles Fishman, the author of the book One Giant Leap, the U.S. didn't have a spaceship that could fly to the moon. We didn't have a rocket that could launch to the moon. We didn't have a computer small enough or powerful enough to do the navigation necessary to get people to the moon. We didn't have space food. Let's look at just one of those obstacles. The fact that the computers needed to get a spaceship and its pilots to and from the moon were all but non-existent. NPR reports, it's hard to appreciate now, but in 1961, 1962, 1963, computers had the opposite reputation that they have now. Most computers couldn't go more than a few hours without breaking down. Even on John Glenn's famous orbital flight, the first U.S. orbital flight, the computers in Mission Control stopped working for three minutes out of four hours. Well, that's only three minutes out of four hours, but it was the most important computer in the world during that four hours, and they couldn't keep it going for the entire mission of John Glenn. In light of just that, it's easy to see how those listening to President Kennedy may have seen the trip to the moon and back as impossible. In Anchorage, if you were getting your news from the television back in 1962, you were seeing and hearing President Kennedy's speech a day or two later than everyone else in the country. In fact, you were getting all of your TV on a kind of tape delay, or maybe tape relay is more accurate. When I first moved to Anchorage back in the mid-1990s, a friend told me about how when he first arrived in Alaska in the 1970s, the NFL games were broadcast a week late because the tapes were flown up from Seattle. I didn't think much of that little piece of info at the time, other than it would have been weird to watch games you knew the final score of week after week. However, what my friend shared with me was in fact the norm in 1962 and had been since TV had first come to Anchorage back in 1953. In that year, on December 4, KTVA Channel 11 began broadcasting a test pattern and followed with their regular schedule of programs December 11, nearly exactly 70 years ago. They were quickly followed, three days later, by KFIA, now known as KTUU Channel 2. 
KFIA launched knowing there were issues with image quality, to which the general manager of the station replied, Rather than deprive people of the programs any longer, we've decided to go ahead and work out the bugs as we go along. TVs at the time in Anchorage were quite expensive. According to Anchorage historian David Reamer, local prices ranged from $209.50 to $855. After adjusting for inflation, that's roughly $2,100 to $8,700 in 2021 money. It's no wonder that local shops Tom's Radio and The Record Shop teamed up to run an ad stating, Use our layaway plan and receive your RCA Victor television receiver already installed when KTVA Channel 11 and KFIA Channel 2 go on the air. And Anchorage Motors also advertised a new TV with every new car. But no matter how you got your TV, and despite any lingering issues with the technology, if you were watching local broadcasts in those early days in Anchorage, you were watching it on delay. David Reamer states, For years, the Anchorage stations flew reels and tapes of programs up from Seattle. If a flight was delayed, that meant reruns for area residents. On the website Anchorage Memories, in an article titled Anchorage Television Was Two Weeks Old by Michael Doherty, the writer notes, When I was a senior at East High School in 1965, I started working for KTVA Channel 11. Back then, KENI-TV, now KTUU, and KTVA both received all their shows from the networks on 16mm film. Live shows were recorded on Kinescope back then on black and white 16mm film. Hawaii received the film on a one-week delay, then sent the film to Anchorage on a two-week delay, and then the film was shipped to Fairbanks on a three-week delay. Doherty continues, Then came videotape. Remember when KENI-TV began broadcasting NBC's Huntley-Brinkley report on the same evening it was broadcast in the lower 48? Well, back then, in those days, getting NBC's nightly Huntley-Brinkley report on the air in Anchorage on the same night it aired in the lower 48 was no easy trick. First, NBC and Burbank recorded the show on a format known as 2-inch videotape, then sent it to Los Angeles International Airport, where it was carried into the plane's cockpit and flown to Anchorage International Airport. The two-inch videotape was then hand-carried from the plane's cockpit to a waiting taxi driver who rushed the tape to KENI-TV in the basement of the 4th Avenue Theater Building. KENI would then air the Huntley-Brinkley Report at 10 p.m., followed by 30 minutes of local news, which was also followed by The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. But things didn't always go smoothly, and occasionally the tag team broke down, causing problems for the good folks at Channel 2. KTVA followed suit with NBC News and Walter Cronkite. And I can tell you from first-hand experience that there were nights when the taxi would show up at KTVA's broadcast center in Spinard only moments before the show was scheduled to go on the air. With all of that in mind, live TV in Anchorage back in 1962 likely seemed as impossible as putting a man on the moon. Contact right. Okay, engine stop. Houston, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Okay. 
Roger, Tranquility. We copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. On July 14, 1969, something impossible happened. Live TV came to Anchorage. Senator Mike Gravel advocated that Anchorage residents be able to see the Apollo 11 mission to the moon like everyone else in the U.S. This was no small thing. To make it possible, satellite equipment was borrowed from the military. According to historian David Reamer, the Department of Defense shipped a mobile communications station from New Jersey to Anchorage and installed it at Nike Site Summit. Shipping the mobile station cost roughly $50,000, or $375,000, in 2021 The broadcasts were aired by all three stations in Anchorage at the same time. Viewers tuned in to watch the July 14 pre-launch interview with the Apollo 11 crew, the July 16 launch of Apollo 11, and the July 20 moon landing, as well as the July 24 return to Earth. Anchorage's first live TV broadcast linked the city residents with an estimated 650 million people that watched the moon landing worldwide. Something amazing happened in those 10 days back in 1969. The impossible became possible. For the first time ever, a human set foot on the moon, and live TV came to Anchorage. I'm going to step off the limb now. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. months ago, a couple of my friends were sitting at a car dealership in Anchorage waiting for the paperwork to process. While they waited, they struck up a conversation with the dealer. One of my friends shared that he works for Covenant House. As the conversation went on, my friend shared about the important work that Covenant House does and the success they've had in helping youth and young adults exit homelessness. The dealer was shocked. He had never heard a story in which someone was able to leave life on the street. To him, leaving homelessness sounded about as impossible as live TV in Anchorage or landing a man on the moon did in 1962. I wonder how often we think of things like exiting homelessness, escaping human trafficking, resolving racism, healing from violence, or overcoming addictions as impossible. You may have noticed that I've used the word impossible a lot on this episode. That was done by choice. Over the past three years, this podcast has explored the issues facing Anchorage. It's looked at the places where things are or are becoming the way they're supposed to be for all people. And we looked at the hydra that is homelessness. In season four, we will consider what is possible.
This season, we're taking a break from thinking about what might feel impossible to ask the question, what is possible? We're going to hear the stories of real people who have exited homelessness, escaped human trafficking, worked to resolve racism, healed from violence, and overcome addiction. So join us for season four of the Anchored City podcast as we consider what is possible. Until next time, I'm Joel Kiekenfeld. Be good out there. Thank you so much for listening. We're grateful for you, our listeners. If you are grateful for what you're hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen, and recommend us to your friends. Those are small things, but they make a huge difference. The Anchored City Podcast is a production of the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative. The mission of the collaborative is to train the heads, hearts, and hands of urban leaders to love their city and seek its peace. When we say peace, we mean a desire to see a world where all things are the way they're supposed to be for all people. Find us online at anchorageutc.org or on social media at Anchorage UTC. Resources used to make this episode can be found in the show details. Our theme music is by Anchorage's own Monica Lettner. Mm-hmm.